I always dress up for the Lord, but because I want to be closer to you, I take it off. I have only 30 minutes, so I come to the point and read my scripture immediately. Ezekiel 36 and Acts 2. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filth and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you'll be careful to observe my ordinances. You notice there are three promises of God. And Peter, in the first evangelistic message, hooks onto that when he says, Repent! Get rid of your old heart! And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. Father, I ask you that after I read this, uh, these passages from the Word of God, that they may penetrate our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, my message has a foundation, a motivation, and an urgency. Fifty years ago, in 1971, I was asked to speak in chapel in a Spiritual Life Emphasis Week. And I had a little altercation with some of the students who were rebels, and I ended up with Ezekiel 36 as the answer. And now, 50 years later, I'm allowed to do it again. Secondly, there's a motivation. I have seen thousands of students come to the college and many of them fell through the cracks. I won't even be able to tell you some of them are still very vivid in my ministry, in my memory, sitting in the front row and fornicating. Getting married, ending up in divorce. And ladies and gentlemen, the urgency is that we fill the cracks so that people don't fall through them. I've mentioned that to administrations for 50 years. Fill the cracks, fill the cracks, fill the cracks. If they fall through the cracks, it's our fault. If they jump off the side, it's their fault. Don't make it our fault. Now, how do you fill the cracks? With the gospel of the triune God. As you notice, there are three elements. I'll take the heart of stone out of you. That is regeneration, if you wish. I give you a spiritual bath. That is justification. And I empower you to holiness. The heart transplant is a promise of the Father. The spiritual bath comes through Jesus. And the empowerment of holiness comes through the Holy Spirit. Now, I cannot talk about all three elements. That is impossible. So I'm going to only go and talk about the heart 
transplant in regeneration. Now, you know, if you're not born, you have no life. Do I hear an amen? But if you're not reborn, you have no spiritual life. And you're a walking dead. And in an audience like this is my experience, and the Apostle Paul told me that in 1 Corinthians, you stand in the faith, Covenant College, but some of you do not have the knowledge of God. And in 50 years of preaching, I've seen this again and again and again. There are some of you who do not have the knowledge of God. If this is an exception, praise the Lord. But I don't live by exceptions. I live by the rule. Now, I'm going to tell you that if you have an old heart that's fossilized, it's cold, it's insensitive, it's incorrigible, it is lifeless. If you have a new heart, it's warm, it's sensitive, and it's responsive. Now, I'm going to ask you four questions. Why do you need a new heart? What does it take to get one? How do you know you have one? And when does it show that you have one? The why, the what, the how, the when. Now, let me start with the why. You have all heard of the flood. Now, why do you think that people were, were brown, down, drowned in the flood? Even if uh, this gentleman and I were twins and we were conceived one second before the flood, God would have drowned us too. Oh. <laughs> With only one little wormhole into the future, we call him Noah. All right? Then the Bible says, Oh, that you had such a heart in you that you would love me. And you find that in the book of Deuteronomy. And Jeremiah said, the heart is wicked. Nobody even knows it, how terrible it is. And the book of Mark tells us that out of the heart comes all the junk that you see all around you. Because the heart is the life and mission control center. If that is not in order, you have a king-size problem. And that's why Jesus says to Nicodemus in John 3, Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see, you're blind. And you cannot enter, you're a rebel. And the only one who can change that is the Holy Spirit. You don't have the power to do that yourself. And ladies and gentlemen, when I read Psalm 8, 58 and verse 4, I saw how graphic the Lord is in his Bible. It is like a cobra. So when I see little kids, I say, good morning, little cobra. <laughs> and if you are a 20-year-old, good morning. I hope you are no longer a cobra. Now, when you die and God puts you in this x-ray machine and he sees a cobra, he asks you, would you like to have a cobra in your home? No! I said, now you understand why I don't want you in my kingdom. You don't want a cobra. I don't want a cobra. Now, what does it take to get a new heart? Well, first of all, 
The Lord Jesus says, I have been teaching for three years and very little response. Now, that's amazing, is it not? You would say, if Jesus teaches, everybody says, hello, yes, yes, suck it to me, Lord. He did. They killed him. Now, why do you think they killed him? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. The Lord Jesus says, it's better for you that I leave because when he comes, he will convict you of sin. And if you are not convicted of sin, you will never go to a Savior. So there was no Holy Spirit before the flood and everybody was killed. No conviction by, as a result of Noah. The Holy Spirit was not in its fullness in the Old Testament and there was no conviction and God had kicked him out in the exile. There was no conviction in 70 AD and God wiped them all out. And the Lord Jesus says, pray for the Holy Spirit to come so that there's going to be a conviction. And when there is a conviction, you say, I need a donor. I was in uh, Uganda and I said, do you know uh, how you get a heart transplant? If I would be about to die right now and you would, as a doctor, tell me, Henry, Henry, that ticker is not working. And I tell you, I won't give you more than a week. As a doctor, is there something you can do? And he said, oh, sure. I can give you a heart transplant. He said, well, give it to me. I said, that's not so easy. I said, why not? You need a donor. I said, oh, I have a young friend. Ha, 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 And uh, you like me, right? Yeah. You want to give me something yet? Yeah. Uh, are you willing to give me your heart? And you say, forget it. <laughs> and everybody will say, forget it. I hear a voice. Henry, do you need a new heart? He said, desperately. Well, I'll give you mine. Who are you? My name is Jesus. Romans 6, you give me your cobra and I'll kill it on the cross. And out of the grave comes my heart. And I love that song, give me your heart. I don't even believe that you understood what you were singing. Give me Jesus' heart. The old one is killed on the cross and out of the grave comes the new one. Death, ladies and gentlemen, is what it takes. And in order, ladies and gentlemen, to get it, you must call on the name of the Lord. Ezekiel 36 says, I will give you those three promises, but now you must Call on me to get it. As A.W. Tozer says, uh, don't tell people to accept Jesus because that is kind of an offense. I mean, he must accept you. And he will not accept you unless you tell him, make me acceptable. Now, in all three areas, I cannot talk about the last two that may come later, chaplain, but I can talk to you about the first one. 
You call on the name of the Lord and you say, Lord, my heart is like a cobra. I want to get rid of it. And to be honest with you, I have seen many people in my lifetime calling on the name of the Lord. I was in Uganda four or five months ago. I had 600 teenagers. And after three days, 60 of them called on the name of the Lord. So did a colonel in the South African army. She burst out of the ranks. I get, want to get rid of my cobra. And so did the commanding general in the Ugandan army. I'm not born again. I said, General, you call on the name of the Lord. And you will be saved. He will wash you of all your filth and put the Holy Spirit within you. And when you then die and God puts you in his x-ray machine, he sees the heart of Jesus and the righteousness of Jesus and the holiness of Jesus. Come and welcome now, how do I know that I have that new heart? How do I know that? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 gives me the answer. Paul says, at one time I was a Pharisee, and I don't know whether he was at the crucifixion, but if he were, he would say, crucify him, because when they killed uh, Stephen, he applauded, uh, and he took care of the, the garments of uh, the executioners. And then I uh, went, you know, was on the way to Damascus, and Jesus talked to me. Yeah, I was blinded for three days, because I know why I was blinded, because... Uh, I always looked on the outside, but I had to look on the inside. And I saw a cobra. I saw my past is like dung. And I saw my life, and James is like poison. He said, oh my, my, my. And then he saw Jesus for the first time. I remember the lady in my church. She said, I always thought I saw Jesus, but I never saw him. Because when the eyes are not open by the Holy Spirit, you cannot see him. So you are behind the eight ball as you're sitting here, and I was behind the eight ball too, you see. Lord, I don't see, and I don't even see what I should see. And you tell me to see. And I don't even see that. Deuteronomy 29. You saw the miracles, but you did not really see them with your heart. That is why they continue to complain. And when I hear people complain and complain all the time, I said, most likely you have never received the heart of Jesus. But then the Apostle Paul says, but I saw Jesus for the first time. I also looked at people in a different way. How? Well, when you look at people, you see them as tall or small, sick or healthy, refined or crude, male or female, 
black or white, presents or pre peasants. That's how you look at people, right? Now, Chaplain, I don't want to put you on the spot, and I won't, but uh, you tell me uh, later whether I did or not, all right? When you look at people, do you look at them, first of all, as saved or lost? Now, when I uh, looked at my future wife, I did not, first of all, say, are you saved or lost? I mean, I saw somebody and said, that's going to be mine, you know what I mean? <laughs> whether it's saved or lost, it doesn't make any difference. Now, that was my mistake. And most males marry because of their hormones. And the reason why I know that is because I am one, all right? <laughs> and uh, girls, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. And I don't know about your hormones, but if your hormones act up, then guys, watch out, all right? Are you saved or are you lost? Your children, your friends, and even the people in Covenant College. Are you saved or are you lost? That's how I look at you. Why? Because Paul showed me that that is how it shows, how you can know that you have a new heart. You know, if you live a hundred years, it's a lot, right? Well, how does that compare to eternity? Not even a, a grain of sand on the beach. It disappears. Now, when I look at you, what do you think I want to do with you? I want to upgrade your time? Or do you think I want to get you ready for eternity? And that is why the Lord Jesus says, make disciples and teach them to observe and the Lord Jesus says, pray, put your name as a canopy over the whole earth, Lord, hallowed be your name, and then regenerate people, Lord, and then uh, sanctify people, Lord, that your kingdom come, and it won't come without regeneration, and it will, the will will not be done without sanctification. Regenerate them, Lord, and sanctify them, Lord, and now every morning you pray, Lord, regenerate all the students in Covenant College, including the faculty and including the chapel if he chaplain if he needs it. The ones who smile may need it, okay? <laughs> and give them holiness, Lord, every morning. Give me souls, give me holiness, because that is the only thing that counts and is the only thing needful. There are no other commands that Jesus gives except make disciples and teach them to observe after baptism. That is the only thing that Jesus tells us to do. I made this world a breeding ground of new Christians. That is why I continued it. And now you must make it your fishing ground. And that brings me to the last point. When does it show? when I start fishing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me be honest with you. There are very few laborers in the time of Jesus. Ask for laborers! In my estimation, they came in Acts 2 
but today very few are laborers, right? Evangelism is not even in the DNA of the church. Now, I cannot go at length into it. I would love to, but that's not possible. If you ever want to talk to me in private in the Great Hall, please don't hesitate to talk. But everybody must, if you, are, if you have the gift of the Spirit, according to Acts 1 through 12, there's a spontaneity. You want to talk about it. And then you're equipped in order to do it. And then, when does it show that I have a new heart when I am moving? The church is either R and R or R and R. Rest and recovery. A comfort zone. As somebody said the other day, I've never seen a product coming from somebody in a comfort zone. Or it is R and R. Roll. Roll. Move. Ready to roll. And if you have the new heart, you are ready to roll. And, you, and I always tell people, I never, never want you to come out of your comfort zone. I say, why not? Because you should not have one. Only Jesus is your comfort zone. And he says, I die for you. You die for me. And if not, all bets are off. So here you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you need it? I ask the questions. You give me the answers. And if you're convicted, you say, do you know why I need it? I am a cobra. What does it take? Conviction to go to a donor. I go to the donor. How do I know? I have new eyes, not only for Jesus, but also for my fellow men, and that's what we sang, right? That's what we sang. You didn't, may not even have known what you did sing. And when does it show? When I'm on the road, I'm ready to roll. Now, if this comes in Covenant College, the cracks, are filled and you don't fall through. As I said in my first message, I still have five minutes, so I wasn't sure whether I had time enough. In my first message, I talked about have you ever fallen as a dead man for the face of Jesus? And two young men came up to me, and one of them said, uh, I am uh, the bagpipe uh, uh, head chief. And the other one said, I am the student body president, and uh, your message was gross. I uh, went back to the home of Dr. Barnes, and I said, I am out of here. Don't throw your pearl before swine, people who don't want to listen. I said, I can't do it. I promised. I took their money for an airplane ticket, so I went on my knees. And I hit Ezekiel 36. I said, you need a heart transplant. And one young man came up to me after I said, that's my pastor taught me. You need the righteousness of Jesus, the second message. 
And five young men from James Kennedy's church came up. That's what my pastor taught me. And you need the holiness of Jesus. And two young men came up to me, no more with their hands in their side. I said, will you please forgive us? The chief of the bagpipe and the president of the student body, no longer swine. They were willing to listen to the word of God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, my greatest one of my greatest joys has been over the last years when I taught in Covenant College that students were converted in my classroom. Not a lot, but they were. But the greatest grief has been that even when they had through the classes, they left, went into the world. Now, if I were in Africa, I have three minutes, and that's not enough. I always give an altar call. And I will not give you an altar call right now, a biblical altar call. Who wants to get rid of his cobra heart? Who wants to get rid of his past? Dung past, Paul says, and his poisonous life. I didn't talk about the dung. I didn't talk about the poison. But it's a triple whammy, okay? You have three problems, and you need three solutions. I only talked about the, about the first. Now, I'm going to pray, and if you pray with me, you say in your heart, if you believe, you're convicted. He said, I have never called on the name of the Lord for my cobra to be killed on the cross and to become a new heart to come out of the grave that has faith and repentance. I have never asked the Lord to do that. I plead with you. I plead with you. That's why I took my coat off. <laughs> if you don't do that, and in the day of judgment, you look at your screen. Ouch! A cobra. Dung. Poison. I don't want to stand in those shoes. So let me pray. I have two minutes. And then you pray with me in your heart. And we're going to go to the, the great hall, right? Don't hesitate to come by. Whenever you see me or email me, you tell the chaplain, I'll be more than happy to talk to general, commanding generals, to peasants, to anybody. As the Apostle Paul says, I want to be everything to everybody in order to save a few. Be imitators of me. Paul, if you look at us, please make us your imitators. For the sake of the kingdom of our wondrous Lord Jesus, who decided to give you his heart and his righteousness and his holiness. Let me pray. Father, we have one more minute and we ask you in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, move with power in this student body. If there's anybody who does not know the Lord Jesus, today will be the day of salvation. We ask for at least one convert if there was anyone who was not converted. And so we ask you for one, for two, for three, that everybody who walks out of this room eventually will stand there in the day of judgment 
and will be bidden a welcome into the presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for what you have given us. And please, please give us what we need. Give me, if I don't have it, give me a new heart. I come to the cross and ask you, Jesus, to, to kill it. Insensitive, incorrigible, cobra, kill it. And out of the grave, give me your heart, warm, sensitive, and responsive to do your bidding. In Jesus' name, amen.